This is the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Happy soon-to-be New Year. This is the Doc and Jock Wrestling Podcast, episode 62. Today's show, we've got the biggest WWE superstar. He's kind of controversial, but the biggest WWE superstar. We've got his return date. Also, another superstar says, I do. We'll tell you about that. Of course, we're going to review Raw and SmackDown and doing it with me as always. I'm not sure if he's going to go by the man today or if he's going to go by something else. Maybe, maybe he is glorious. I'm not sure. He is the one. He's the only, he is the doc, John Macaroon. What's up, cuz? What's going on? You're the owner and the chairman, huh? That's right, brother. That's right. Vince McMahon's back. He's a character. You know he wants out so bad. Yeah. I feel bad for him. He created this monster. And Vince McMahon is a ratings draw. He really is. Because the numbers are up since he returned to TV. This dude has tried so hard to get out of being on WWE TV. He has tried so damn hard. But you fans just keep sucking him back in every time he gets out. Oh, poor Vince. Poor Vince. I'm, I don't really feel bad for him because the dude's a billionaire. He keeps pulling millions and millions out to put it in the XFL. But, hey, dude, it sucks because he wants he wants so bad to not have to portray the Mr. McMahon character. He just wants to be in the back. He wants to do the production that he does, work in Gorilla. He wants to go run the XFL. He just wants to leave it to the kids. Let the kids run it. He says, it's a, it's a kid's game. I'm an old man. I need to go do other things. And you just won't let him go. You just won't let him go because every time he shows up on TV, guess what happens? Ratings go through the roof. He's over. That's the best way to put it is he built a character, and when he comes out, he's got things to say. And uh, Raw was an interesting show. These two shows were taped last week. So uh, did you check out the spoiler alerts? Did you know a little yes. bit of what's going on? Yes. We all, all did. All I think it was them. great because it made all us decide them. to go, hmm, do I really want to sit for three hours on Christmas Eve instead of uh, you know watching Monday Night Football or talking with the family? Should I watch a little bit of Raw? I watched probably the first forty five minutes, but that was about it. And then it, I said, it was funny. We had the football game on. Yes, we were we were we were together on Christmas Eve. We had the football game on, and on your phone you pulled up you pulled up Raw, and you're like, check out this match, check out this match, and we're we're watching the match. And then next thing you know, little kids are screaming and running around, and we had to go tend to them. But exactly. it, it was it was it was nuts. And it was the open of Raw. It was a Christmas themed match between Elias and Lashley, and I thought it was entertaining. And I, I feel like when when they have those gimmicky matches for Christmas, some people are like, ah, it's corny, it's not I that fun. Hate them. Yeah, but I thought it was fun, and I think it was great to embarrass Leo Rush by dumping eggnog on him. And uh, I do think that Elias is getting the deserved push that he deserves. And uh, it just sucks that it's at the expense of Bobby Lashley because I like the badass character with Leo Rush, but right now he's kind of like one of those glorified enhancement talent that's there, but maybe not until maybe the middle of 2019 will he get a solid push. It's so weird because he's a guy who could be so over if he's just packaged and presented right. And I think this is the right presentation for him. 
it, it just you have to now get him over. Yeah. It, it just he seems like he's glorified mid Carter. That's all. Bobby Roode and Chad Gable defeated the Revival to by pinball to retain the Raw Tag Team Championships in a match that probably could have been better. It was okay. Um, wasn't great. These guys are capable of so much more, and it just kind of felt flat. I like the entrance with Roode and Gable. I feel like adding Gable to it made it fun. Uh, I, I think they're going to have a little bit of an extended run there, and uh, the Revival, like I said, getting closer, and uh, I do think that the way in which the tag team division is going to be reshaped in the coming months will be beneficial. And a tag team like Root and Gable having it, while they could definitely be viewed as better, I think they're the right team right now to have it. I agree with you. And I think the Revival, being in this position, being in this spot, I think it's going to make them better. And in the long term, they'll end up getting the much-deserved push that they that they deserve. Uh, we then had a triple threat match with Finn Balor, who won by defeating Dolph Ziggler and Drew McIntyre. It's kind of weird. Uh, he ended up winning by pinfall. McIntyre was knocked out of the match by a super kick and a coup de grace from Finn. Uh, Finn then took out Ziggler with a coup de grace to, to get the win. McIntyre gets back up, and then he tries to get some revenge, but in the end, he takes a zigzag from Dolph Ziggler. This is weird to me because we both agree Drew McIntyre deserves a massive push. He he seems so legitimate. He owns his character. like He has bought into his character. Doesn't break it for anything. Yet the last couple of weeks, he has taken a couple L's, and Finn Balor has been the beneficiary of this. I think we both agree Finn Balor deserves a push, especially since this was your first, your first Universal Galactic Mars champion, and he had to turn the belt over in less than 24 hours, and he never got his rematch. So I think we both agree Finn deserves a push, and Drew deserves a push. Drew's taking it on the chin right now. Dolph Ziggler sometimes feels like he's collateral damage in all of this. He's he's just the guy. He's the guy to get everybody else over. It's kind of a weird mix. Now, here's the thing that I think people are talking about with Finn Balor. They recognize that, okay, he once he won the Universal title and he got injured, it kind of took his stock down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But now, uh, in the year that he had with the kind of the happy character in the first half of the year, just didn't do nothing. It just kind of put him in a secondary role. The biggest moment he had was obviously SummerSlam when the Demon came out. And uh, he beat... Baron Corbin, I believe, yep. and uh, he came out and was able to handle his business uh, versus, and he squashed him. He squashed Baron Corbin. That was his highlight. And I think in the revamp Raw, people are looking at Finn Balor as probably the guy that was most underutilized is because of the fact that this guy's a star. Absolutely. A massive star. You want to see him. Great entrance, great personality. And so now the talk has been, I don't know if you've seen the rumors, that for him to actually fulfill the actual potential that he has as a superstar, he's got to be a heel. Do you think a heel Finn Balor could take the reins and be the preeminent star on Monday Night Raw? Well, I'll say this much. Raw is definitely lacking in heels who make you care, right? Like, Drew McIntyre makes you care because we both feel like he's destined for great things. But outside of him, who on Raw are you like, I want to see this match because I want to see the heel get his comeuppance? There's nobody. There's nobody. Dean Ambrose, but you know he's kind of no, he's popular too no, because of what no. like he doesn't he, make me want to see his matches. His last couple mm, matches have sucked. Mm. You know, and I'm a huge I'm a huge Uncle Dino fan, but his last couple matches have sucked and I don't really buy into his character. You know, I just, I just don't. It's been a hard sell and I just I don't care. I'm not invested in it. Yeah, you're so, exactly right in that because of the fact around the holidays a lot of the faces have come up. It was Baron Corbin, but it wasn't that good anyway. No, Baron Corbin was awful. Nobody cared. Right, so you got to do a much better job of establishing heels by doing heel-type stuff a lot more in 2019. Right. Do you think it could be headlined by Finn Balor? 
Because hmm. it's Bobby Lashley and it's Baron Corbin. It's not anybody that anybody cares. No stars. Exactly. No star heels. It's weird, right? It could be, and I could see him getting over. You know, like, it's weird because Becky Lynch was a heel, right? Originally, that's how she was portrayed. She was a heel. But she was so over with the fan base that she turned into this great character. I won't ever call her, I won't ever call the man, her the man character. I won't ever call it a, a face or, or I won't call it a full-blown heel. She's a great character. And I think we all love great characters because we all, nothing is ever black and white, you know? It, it, it's real life. You're not black and white. I'm not black and white. There's many shades of gray. And I think she is a perfect example of a heel who was so over with the fan base that you cared about her match. And I think Finn could be that guy. I think Finn could get over like her. If he was a heel, he could get over like her, and you would care because you care about that character and you care about that person and what they do. You don't necessarily need to see them get their comeuppance, but I think he could be a really good gray character. Not necessarily a heel or a face, but a really good gray character. I think that would work. Uh, Vince also announced, big announcement, the women are going to have tag team championship belts. So we're going to have a women tag team division. That's really interesting. This Confirming is it, we talked about it for months now. Yes. So I think, that, I think that's awesome. Uh, and what was, and what I believe was the match of the night, Ronda Rousey beats Natalia by submission to retain the the Raw Women's Championship. This, I thought, was an outstanding match. It, it was it was great. Had a lot of good back and forth. Uh, Rousey ends up in the sharpshooter, but she's able to reverse it into an armbar for a submission. I don't think we give Ronda Rousey enough credit on this show. She has done a great job stepping in and having a rocket strapped to her back. And, yeah, we sometimes make fun of her promos because they come off a little cheesy. And, yeah, we sometimes make fun of her facial expressions because they come off as overdone. But in the ring, she does a great job. She has done a phenomenal job stepping into something. And remember, it's it's only been, I don't even think it's been a full year yet, that she's been in this position to do these things and, 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 to, and to win these matches. So I think she's done an incredible job, an absolutely incredible job on the pace that she was that she was presented upon and and with everything that was thrown in front of her. She has picked it up so quick and she has done such a good job with it and i know wrestling with a with a wrestler of natty's uh not just lineage but capabilities and remember her and natty train all the time together like they are training partners so this this match it doesn't surprise me that it came off flawless but it surprises me how good ronda has been in her last couple matches with different opponents every single week she gets in there she performs outstandingly and I think building up Natalia the way you did allows her to have a, a good uh, end of the year for her, especially with what she's been going through. Sometimes. And it gives Ronda credit, too. A- exactly. And so Ronda Rousey is poised for a huge 2019. Overall, what grade would you give Ronda Rousey for her year? I would say a strong B+. Plus. Strong B+. Plus. Strong B+. Plus. Yes. And what would like it have right, taken for right, her to get right, to an A? Right there on the verge of an A. I just, I just remember her early promos coming off as, as very fake and very forced. And her facial expressions, like I said, we, we make fun of those things. We laugh about those things because they're weird. Like, you just don't do, you don't do that. You know, especially if you're about to fight somebody. You're not looking at them and you're not like, and I'm making a funny face at John right now. But you don't do that stuff. You just don't. It, it, never in a million years when she was getting in an MMA ring did she ever make faces like she makes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It just, it, it comes off as phony. And I'll so. stick with it. I think her attire just got to change. I just think, yeah, no, it's just not an attire mm-hmm. that just, it, it's, it's attention-seeking 
it's attention grabbing. It's just not an attire that a ring attire yes. that I find appealing no, currently for it, her. It's not good. It, it should be something different. Right. I don't know if it will change, but it's what it is. Uh, our main event was Seth Rollins beating Baron Corbin by pinfall. It was what it was. <laughs> Overall, it, it was an okay Raw. I don't think it was great by any means. I think it was okay. I was disappointed that the Heyman Braun Strowman segment too. It, it, you felt like it could have been a lot more. It was just simply Dude, it, didn't, it didn't even make the rundown. It didn't yeah. make the rundown for a reason. Yeah, Paul Heyman speaks. Braun Strowman comes out, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "Okay, it's going to happen." And uh, he's like, "Come get these hands." And it didn't really do a whole heck of a lot. And it kind of sucks that you got a big feud with it, with both talented individuals not on the show. <laughs> Too right. much, right? No, you're right. Braun's got the elbow situation, and you want a little bit more from Paul Heyman. I was a little bit let down. Yeah, I mean, like I said, yeah. there's a reason it didn't make the rundown. It just yeah. because I didn't feel like it was worthy for us to talk about it. Yeah, it wasn't just, much, right? You're, you're right. It Disappointing. Told, it, under, it under-delivered for under-delivered. sure. Under-delivered. And I think Raw was okay for a tape show, but I think if you were a person that read the spoilers, you weren't going to be that disappointed. No, you didn't really miss a whole lot. Yeah. With SmackDown, we opened up with an eight-man tag match between Anderson's, Gallows, The Usos, and uh, 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 Cesaro, and Sanity. In this match, Anderson's Gallows and the Usos ended up winning. Uh, they won when Anderson's and Gallows caught Cesaro and delivered the Magic Killer to score the win over Sanity in the bar. So I-, I thought it was a good match. thought it was solid. Th- this is a continuation of what we're trying to do with the tag, tag team division. And this is over, over all of WWE. The tag team division has been so underutilized, especially on Raw. SmackDown has been okay. It's been able to survive and keep its head above water. But on Raw, it has drowned it has been dead for a while now. So you're trying to revive this. You're trying to give as many teams as much of a spotlight, and you're trying to put them in a position where they can have solid matches. This was a solid match. This was a good way to open up SmackDown. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it did its job. And, and again, it just trying to reestablish what the tag division is. And like I said. Gallows and Anderson, definitely an underutilized tag team and one that you can make money on in the future. Absolutely. You know, you give them these three-year deals and maybe you have a year where you don't use them as effectively. But for, you know, when we talked about it last week, they weren't used since August. That's ridiculous. especially Yeah. Like I said, they got to be prominently featured going forward in 2019. Gallows and Anderson, look for them to have a good year. And I think, potentially speaking, if you're going to reintroduce more valets and managers— Potentially speaking, some of these tag teams could be the beneficiary of some valets that are female or some very strong, talented uh, talkers on the mic that can elevate some of these tag teams. You know, Drake was okay, but not really the best for AOP. Mm-hmm. But I do think that others could benefit from some quality managers. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree with you. Uh, Daniel Bryan comes out and, and speaking to talkers, cuts an excellent promo on consumerism. And then lays into our truth. <laughs> right. He then proceeds to literally lay into our truth. So it looks like Daniel Bryan, our truth will be our next setup, which is kind of weird. Our truth is kind of like the guy that's been there, and sometimes from time to time, like an Italia, just give him a push every yeah. two years, give him a run, and then he goes back down. Yes. But he always reinvents himself. He's he there, you know, with the last few years with Goldust, with his rap music. He's just a guy that's a quality professional that from time to time throw him a bone yes. and keeps him invigorated and keeps him on the roster. He's been there well over a decade. He gets He's over with the fans. Yeah. I mean, fans love him. A true pro's pro, a guy that can just hang around. And when you last at a company like WWE for a decade, you know that you're a staple. And a guy like that's getting paid good money. And so from time to time, a surprise run here and there is good for him and yes. good for a character too. I, I agree with you 100%. 
and, and something that that gets match of the week consideration. The Natalia uh, Ronda Rousey match is, is in the mix. Uh, Mustafa Ali defeats Andrade Cien Almas. This was a very good match. Mustafa Ali is a star. Okay, he is a star in the making. You're going to have to watch him because it, it, it's the, the the bloom. I don't think will will come off the rose for for quite some time. He is fun to watch in the ring. The way he moves, the way he he's a high flyer. Um, somebody who's not real happy with their status right now in the ring and with WWE is Andrade Cien Almas. So we're gonna kind of have to watch how this unfolds. But you've got one guy who. I think is tracking in the upward direction while another guy is just kind of trying to feel his way through some things and trying to figure out what his next move is or where he's going. Because I don't think he believes that he should be putting over a guy like Mustafa Ali at this time when Mustafa Ali, I think back at, um, I don't know if it was WrestleMania. It might've been, it might've been the Royal rumble. I'm not really sure, but Mustafa Ali had an incredible match on one of the big pay-per-views. And I think he put everybody on notice. You know, like I sat up and, and, and took notice. You, me, and you were texting about it. I mean, that's how good of a wrestler he is, and how awesome he is in the ring. So you need to pay attention to Mustafa Ali. Shane McMahon agrees to become the Miz's tag team partner on Miz TV. Uh, we're gonna see how that's gonna unfold. They're scrapping the plans for Shane to become a heel, um, especially with bringing all the McMahon characters back. So this will be this will be interesting. I think the Miz is still gonna go face. Shane will be face. And uh, we're going to see what kind of tag team run we get here. Jeff Hardy defeated Samoa Joe by countout. Okay, match. What it is. The, the biggest news, though, was the main event. Rusev ended up beating Nakamura with a super kick to win the U.S. title for his third time in his career. The first since 2016. I think this is a reward for Rusev and how popular he has become over the past year with his Rusev Day gimmick. Again, Nakamura was only lightly featured as a U.S. champion. Do you think dropping the title is going to be a positive and allow him to move further up the card? Or do you find him maybe floundering somewhere in the mid-card? Because think, it was weird when he was U.S. champion. It, it wasn't a very good run. It wasn't a very good run at all, and it's kind of embarrassing to have the run end like that. But I do think that he's just got to continue to evolve as a heel. Mm-hmm. He's got to go through and do some things. He's got. He's probably in line for somebody to work with him. Um, an advocate or a manager or something like that to help get him more over. But he's got to kind of get insert himself in some of these matches and, and cost maybe some of the faces some matchups. And maybe you get down the road in the middle of next year, Shinsuke versus Daniel Bryan, that could maybe draw some money. But you probably just definitely have to have him be more established as a heel in the coming months first, mm-hmm. and then maybe he can make another run and maybe give him a, a title push in the second half of the year. But he's got to be established with a lot more heat and a lot more... Um, just, you know, in general, a guy like that has to be highlighted in a different way. And right now they haven't found the right mix. So they got to go back to the drawing board and reinvigorate that character. And he's got to do more himself. It's a combination of both. It is the company, not the company, not utilizing him and and his delivery of matches. I mean, you were given a feud with AJ Styles for almost four months and, you know, yes, it, it was okay. It was like some of AJ it's Styles' delivered. worst matches. I feel like he got a C minus this year, Shinsuke, and it's not right for a guy like that to finish a year with a grade that poor. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Uh, overall, I thought SmackDown's match quality was plus, plus, plus. I thought SmackDown did a, a great job with putting their matches together and the performers delivering on their matches. I think overall, SmackDown moved through almost seamlessly and fluidly. I thought SmackDown was the better show. Yeah, by far, by and large. It was a much better show. I felt like 
um, when it was announced and when I read that it was going to be a title change, boom, it makes you want to watch it. So yeah. that was cool. Absolutely. Uh, so SmackDown leads 39.5 to 26.5, so they extend their lead this week. For my match of the week, if you have 10 minutes to go watch any one of these matches, I would highly recommend you go check out the Ronda rousey Natalia match. Again, it was flawless. It was a really good match. They they did a great job putting it all together and performing it. It was honestly probably the best thing this week. Uh, close second was the Mustafa Ali, uh, Andrade Cien Almas. I think both these guys, because of what their history is and what their lineage is and just how they came up, they're so fluid in the ring. It's really hard to get a bad match out of both those guys. Um, would you like some news and notes? Hit me with this week's professional wrestling news and notes. This is a really quick uh, Doc and Jock wrestling show. It's weird. I don't even know how long we've been talking, but it seems like it's flowing by. It seems super quick this week. Uh, Leo Rush said, I do, last Thursday. He ended up marrying actress model Sarah Leah Wall. Uh, he posted pics to his social media. He looks really cute in his white little tuxedo. Um, and then when I say little, I mean he's a small dude, so it's what it is. Uh, WWE announced a main event that Becky Lynch and Asuka will challenge for the SmackDown Women's Championship. This was supposed to be set for the Royal Rumble. It was on main event, and main event is a Hulu show that gets next to no promotion. Honestly, I didn't even know it was on Hulu. I had no clue, uh, so this was weird to me. It's even stranger that the company followed this up with zero mention of the match ever taking place that 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 there's no mention anywhere of it on any social media so it might be a mistake we're not real sure this is going to force us to watch a little bit closer as to what's going to happen with uh with with becky lynch and asuka and what's going to happen with the smackdown women's championship so pay attention to that also i've got a date for you on when a i don't even know if he's is controversial the right word i'm not sure he's a guy who you either love or you hate and i i myself i absolutely love him John Cena will be returning on New Year's Day's SmackDown. So you can anticipate seeing John Cena on New Year's Day. Okay. I like the fact that he's coming back to both shows. Um, He's had some time off. Like I said, the 41-year-old can come in and obviously spark some life into uh, both shows. And I do think that he's a guy that in the programs that he will be in, we'll put over some guys. I think maybe some Finn Balor, uh, maybe a rekindling of a feud with uh, AJ Styles. Also, maybe a fun feud with Daniel Bryan, which could get, get us some inside jokes and jabs and things back and forth. So I do think that he could have a, a great year, and uh, I'm looking forward to uh, 2019 in the WWE. I know that the end, the second half of the year, for WWE was a little bit rocky and a lot of people tuned out and it resulted in really bad ratings. But going forward, when you announce you're going to reset, it does kind of lend to, you know, some guys getting the push that they deserve. And they do have like similar to the Detroit Lions, they have a core of some guys that you could definitely really invest in. You know, the Lions got Kenny Galladay, the Lions got Kerryon Johnson, and they got uh, some guys on defense like Jared Davis that you're starting to potentially see what's there and you want to see more of. Along the lines in WWE, you know, you got Elias, such untapped potential. And like you mentioned earlier in the show, a guy like Drew McIntyre is money. When his music plays, you want to see it. And so, you know, it's going to be a slow build uh, for him. 
in the early parts of 2019. But now when we get into the new year, it's a new invigorating passion. You know why? The Royal Rumble's around the corner. Yes. And the Royal Rumble. Yeah, the Royal Rumble kind of hints at where things are going and what storylines are taking place. Now, you know, I, did, I did hear a rumor yes. that was disappointing to me. What's that? And the setup for WrestleMania was potentially being rumored to have AJ Styles fight Randy Orton. And I said, no, I don't want to see that, no, I don't see that at all. Mm. And the end of SmackDown had shown the glimpses of maybe a huge year for AJ Styles because yes. whenever you get to whoop uh, Vince McMahon's ass at the end of a show, uh-oh, pay attention to that. So do, do you see AJ Styles going heel then? That's the big question is what do you do going forward because he's in the midst of a contract renegotiation. Uh, he's probably going to be around at least until WrestleMania. And you realize that if you put him with Vince, that means they're pretty much thinking that it's, it could be long term. Or you know, do you where do you where do you take this? Because I like AJ Styles, but a heel AJ Styles is okay, but not as for me, not as exciting as the guy I saw at the end of 2018. Okay, so here's the thing: you say that, but if you look at a guy like Finn Balor, you look at Gallows and Anderson, and you look at AJ Styles, all of those guys were heels in the Bullet Club when they were in New Japan. And they were super over, like so over. It it was unreal. So I think they have the ability to be heels and to be over. It's just, it's all in how WWE packages it. This is the thing. This is the problem with WWE. And this is the problem that I think you and I both have with WWE. It's how they present their product and how they give it to us. You know, it's cool that, that AJ socked Vince. That's great. Vince wants out. We already discussed that. He shows up, he performs, he's great. Vince is great. Whatever you whatever you think about Vince McMahon, he is an exceptional performer. His character, 20-some years later, still gets butts in seats. It's nuts. All right? How are you going to sell me AJ Styles, the guy who is the face that, that you know, the, the house that AJ Styles built, which is SmackDown. SmackDown is relevant, and SmackDown is very, very good because of a performer like AJ Styles. Not just... AJ Styles, but because of things that he did for that brand. How do you sell AJ Styles, the guy who has been the good guy forever now, how do you sell him as the bad guy? What do you do? How do you do this? Just because he punches Vince doesn't necessarily make him a bad guy. You know, it's weird. You got to give me more. There has to be something for me to sink my teeth into. You know, like you could have turned, you could have turned AJ heel in that, in that feud with Samoa Joe. Because Samoa Joe was pushing buttons. Samoa Joe went right to his family's doorstep. And AJ Styles still remained a face. Still. That didn't get him to turn. Vince McMahon telling him, I need to see this other side of you. You got to show me. You got to show me who the real AJ Styles is. That's going to get you to turn heel? Like that is? Like this dude just threatened your wife and your kid. But Vince being like, I need to see the real AJ Styles. It's just how they present their product. That sometimes is is counterintuitive. It makes you scratch your head. See, and like I said, there's so many stars. Like 2019 could be such a huge year, and uh, I just kind of am hoping that uh, some of the new characters that they're going to bring in from NXT, the call ups are worthwhile. Mm-hmm. You hope that they really don't fall back into the bad habits because the fans spoke and they spoke loudly. Ratings that low really Dude, it's been it's been so hard to watch. Yeah, it really has. Like uh-huh. honestly, there are times where I'm watching the program and I'm just mm-hmm. like. 
Why am I watching this? Yeah, like there's a hundred other things I could be doing. But and this Monday's Raw is going to be taped, so we'll know the results too because it's going to take place from Little Caesars Arena this Friday, the 28th. There will be a uh, taping there because obviously New Year's Eve is a lot going on. So it'll be interesting to see how they close out the year. Does Vince actually put on a show in Detroit that's worthy of the wrestling fans here in Detroit because of the fact that uh, previous Raws have kind of fallen off the mark, and so you want to see what is going to happen on this Monday. So. Oh, man, it was such a great year talking wrestling. I'm excited for uh, the future and what what angles are going to be coming up, who's going to get the push, who's going to be the title holders. Now, with the addition of the women tag team, it's... It's good, but it's too many belts because every pay-per-view could have like eight matches already. It could, but I want to see how they're going to do this because realistically, you don't have enough women on each brand. And with NXT, you have some really, really talented girls down there, or women, I should say women down there, these belts, I think, have to float between brands. It has to go between NXT, SmackDown, and Raw. They need to be a neutral color and make them white, and they they just have to travel. And you're going to get girls or you're going to get women from, from NXT to, to, to wear the belts, and you're going to get uh, women to, from SmackDown to wear the belts. It's going to be interesting. They have to, They need to do something and find some way to make it creative and work because you just don't have enough spots for... Like you said, all these belts. You don't have enough women on both brands, including NXT, to necessarily split everything up. You know, you can't just have Raw belts and SmackDown belts. You've got to have the. I think it works better when they travel, especially in this situation. You know, as far as Raw and SmackDown go, you can have your own men's championship, your own, you know, women's championship. You can have your own secondary belts. That's all fine and good. But as far as tag team goes, you don't have enough women on the roster. You don't give them enough time. You know, it, we, it, it, you, you've got four or five men's matches, you know, and, and one or two of those might be a tag team. Women get one match generally every single show. If you're lucky, and it, it could be a good one, you might get two. But generally, you get at least one, and that's it. So how do you make that work? It's going to be interesting to see what they do. Real quickly, in your mind, who was wrestler of the year? Hmm. That's a good question. Is it AJ Styles? It has to be AJ Styles, right? Big I mean, feuds, big matchups, had the title for most of the year. Was the draw? Yeah. He, it has to be AJ Styles. Yeah. I would Who else? Him, I, I don't know. Daniel Bryan turning heel was noteworthy, but I don't no. think he, because of the fact he was gone for a minute and, uh, you know, he's making his way back and this character's got to evolve, but it will be interesting to see how it, that character evolves and, uh, and yeah, so Doc and Jock will give our uh, D&J Wrestling Podcast Wrestler of the Year to AJ Styles. No doubt about it. Yeah, Got no like problem that. with it. I like that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for supporting our project. Thanks to those also that work with us, sponsors of our podcast. Thanks to Breaking Down the Ring. You can listen to the Breaking Down the Ring podcast every single Wednesday on the Podcast Detroit platform. You can find them at BDRCast. Definitely check out the work that Dennis is doing. He's launching a brand new national wrestling program, the Wrestling Perspective Show. It's going to air, uh, I think, the first episode January 6th, so tune in for that. You can follow Dennis on Twitter at Dennis77Farrell. Check out the Wrestling Perspective podcast. It airs on our network as well, on the Detroit Sports Podcast Network. Thanks again for everybody that's been tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. Follow Adam on Twitter at AdamRSTROZ, and follow us on Twitter at Detroit Podcast. Thanks, everybody. Look forward to a big 2019. See everybody later.